Good morning, and welcome to episode 23 of Walk to Work. Today I want to talk uh, about the pelvis. So, a new kind of uh, episode. Um, and specifically the pelvis in context of dance. So some of the things you can uh, notice from the upset is uh, pelvises, well for obvious reasons, uh, are kind of sexualized uh, in... Uh, Western culture, uh, pelvic movement uh, is relatively unfrequent uh, in in dance, uh, and that's why kind of we we inherently um, uh, associate it with being sexualized, and that's uh, kind of very Western uh, centric. There's nothing necessarily inherently uh, sexual. Uh, Lots of people are quite scared of it, like especially if you grew up in Western culture and you're a dude, uh, this whole moving your pelvis thing uh, is, uh, is really scary. And I, I guess part of that uh, is um, because of misconceptions around how the pelvis moves. Um, it kind of feels uh, self-evident to people that their pelvis doesn't actually move on its own. Um, and from that, they kind of conclude, or at least I concluded, and I, I assume from watching other people struggle with it, that that's kind of part of their thought pattern, uh, that um, other people's pelvis move, and they're just effective, and their pelvis doesn't. Um, so we'll get back to pelvis movement uh, in a bit, but the, the kind of movement that you see when someone's pelvis is moving in space is actually movement of joints uh, above and below the pelvis. So it's where the femur meets the pelvis that it can roll, and everyone can uh, like uh, roll their leg in and out. Uh, everyone has that joint. Uh, some people have more or less mobility in that joint, but you don't really need that much mobility in it. Uh, you've you've got it, and then the rest is the spine. And again, some people have more or less mobility in the spine, but by and large, if you have a spine uh, and you have two femurs, uh, you can move your pelvis. Uh, and so kind of understanding where that pelvic movement comes from um, uh, is, is important because uh, it might be unfamiliar movement, but it's definitely not uh, inaccessible movement uh, by any means. And the other part is, yeah, uh, that uh, the pelvis actually does move internally uh, and having access to that internal movement um, which, which many uh, active uh, people, um, depending on the kind of activity they have, uh, do without much thought. Um, but some people, like uh, me included, uh, I used to do uh, uh, a lot of alpine ski racing, and uh, I now realize that pelvic movement was, internal movement of the pelvis, uh, was a really important component of alpine ski racing. Uh, but no one ever told me about it, probably because many people, even uh, coaches, don't actually know about it, or didn't back then. I don't know what the state of body mechanics education in professional ski racing is now. Um, uh, and so uh, I had a pretty, and still do to some extent, have a pretty stuck uh, pelvis, and that doesn't help. Um, it doesn't help a bunch of things. So let's start with... Uh, the 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 function of the pelvis. So, 
part of the function of the pelvis in humans is uh, walking. Uh, if you imagine how a primate walks, they kind of take um, their whole uh, right-hand side of their body with them when they step with their right leg. Uh, so it's a kind of uh, cowboy-y, lumbering, um, collateral movement. There's a thing beeping. Why is the thing beeping? Ah, well. Um, where the, the right shoulder and the right leg uh, move forward at the same time. Uh, and part of the reason for this is the way that uh, the sacrum uh, fits in the pelvis uh, in primates. Uh, it doesn't allow the two pelvic halves to easily move uh, independently or at all move independently. Um, and that makes it much more challenging uh, for um, uh, for the uh, uh, the body to move uh, with twists. So like when we do, when we walk, we walk contralaterally. Um, the left arm swings forward as the right leg swings forward. Um, and that's the, way, that's the way everyone walks in the street. I'm just following someone right now. Uh, they're walking like that. Um, uh, so this pelvic uh, mobility, this independence uh, of the two halves of the pelvis uh, is an almost exclusively human thing, I believe. Um, you can see kind of equivalent things happen uh, in many animals' gaits, but it's usually not the pelvis that's helping them do that. Uh, and that's kind of why they can't walk uh, upright. Uh, the other thing that the pelvis has done uh, in humans is also develop mobility uh, in order for um, giving birth. Uh, and so the way that mammals... Um, are constructed. Uh, the organisation is that the, uh, the 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 uterus uh, and the opening at the vagina has um, uh, the the exit is in, through the pelvis, and so I think in all mammals, uh, any mammal any um, uh, baby being born uh, has to go through the hole in the middle of the pelvis. Uh, and so there's a whole uh, challenge between having um, babies that are born um, able to, uh, to, to, to fend for itself immediately or almost immediately um, and uh, the ability to grow uh, a big head and a big brain and I'm not quite sure the details of that. Uh, but basically, uh, human uh, children um, have a huge head um, because of extreme uh, or relatively extreme pelvic mobility. Uh, those kids are able to be born with uh, those huge heads. Uh, and even then, the other factor is that uh, human uh, babies are born quite immature and need a lot of caring uh, and a lot more growing uh, uh, of their head and their brain um, outside of the uh, of the womb. 
Uh, and those two things are kind of related. Uh, but if the pelvis didn't move as well as it does, uh, it just wouldn't uh, get through. Um, so those are, those are two major uh, factors of the human pelvis, as near as I can tell. Uh, and then it serves uh, some other um, uh, functions. Uh, so like in most animals, uh, it serves a, a weight transfer function um, between uh, the uh, legs and the spine. Uh, and probably like in most animals, I'm not sure, uh, it serves a shock absorption function. And so it means that uh, when you need to uh, land or you need to jump, I guess jumping comes before landing, uh, the pelvis is going to participate. It can, uh, its internal movement uh, helps um, uh, with the, 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 the jumping and its internal uh, movement also helps with the uh, shock absorption. Uh, yeah, and so those, that's, those, are, those are super important. So if we take uh, the pelvis, what we have, we have two pelvic halves. Uh, they meet at uh, the front, at the pubic symphysis. And that's like if you start with your, your belly button uh, and kind of push in, you'll feel it squishy, you, put, you go down, you feel it squishy, you go down, you push in, you feel it squishy, you go down, you go down, you go down, you go down quite a bit to just above the genitals and you push in uh, and you feel something hard and that's uh, where your pubic symphysis is. Um, and uh, from there uh, you could trace uh, your pelvis, uh, you have kind of the uh, iliac crest, which is the, the top part of the pelvis. Uh, and it goes, uh, it starts kind of, from the pubic symphysis, it goes uh, kind of up and out. Uh, and it hits a kind of uh, bumpy part that's called the ASIS, the anterior uh, superior iliac spine, which basically means the bumpy part at the front of your pelvis. And from there, it kind of arcs over in a crest towards the PICS, which is the posterior superior iliac spine, uh, which is kind of the back uh, of your pelvis. Um, and then, uh, so you have both uh, pelvic halves going back from the pubic symphysis. And they don't meet at the back because uh, they meet uh, at the sacrum. And so the sacrum is nestled at the back between the two pelvic halves and it's kind of the root of the spine. Uh, and the way that it works out is that the, 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 the sacrum is kind of suspended uh, between the two uh, pelvic halves uh, and works as a kind of keystone uh, to uh, the arch formed by your legs uh, and pelvis. Uh, And that suspension means that uh, the, 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 the transfer uh, is kind of very um, ligamenty. I'm not sure that's a word. Uh, between, uh, your, your, um, uh, between the two pelvic halves uh, and the, the sacrum, rather than it being a uh, pushy bone-on-bone uh, -bone, uh, contact. Uh, then if you were to follow uh, the, the, the sacrum 
uh, down. So the 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 um, it's kind of a uh, a long uh, joint or a longish joint, uh, the sacroiliac uh, joint where the pelvis and the sacrum meet on either side, uh, and it follows kind of the 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 sacrum is uh, five vertebrae fused together in a kind of inverted triangle, uh, and uh, the pelvic halves and the sacrum uh, follow each other up and down uh, over, I don't know, five centimeters, something like that. Um, and then your sacrum uh, tails off, haha, into your tailbone, uh, your coccyx, uh, and uh, the pelvic halves continue around uh, the bottom, um, reaching two more uh, bony bits uh, that stick out that, are called, that can be called the, the sit bones. And you can call them sit bones because you sit on them. Um, and that... Um, uh, and then from the sit bones, uh, you kind of go in a triangular motion back uh, towards the, the pubic symphysis. Um, and so the pubic symphysis is kind of like the body in the middle of two butterfly wings. And so it's really important because it means that your pelvis can uh, flap. Uh, it can flap uh, opening uh, in the um, table plane. So if you imagine a table and you imagine uh, your pelvis uh, and you have the pubic symphysis at the front and the PSIS and uh, two PSISs at the back, the two PSISs can spread apart uh, on this table. Not very much, but ever so slightly. Um, uh, and that widening is going to widen the sit bones from each other and is going to free some mobility in the sacroiliac joint. Uh, and they can also, in the uh, door plane, so if you imagine a door, and your pelvis is on that door, um, it can also widen uh, in that direction uh, and narrow. And so in that direction, uh, the, sits bones, uh, the sit bones come apart and uh, the uh, PSIS and ASIS, especially the ASIS, the whole iliac crest, uh, slightly comes in together. Um, and it can also... Um, um, the, 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 the two pelvic halves can move uh, relatively to each other, so they can slide and they can um, uh, pivot in the... Um, oh, what's the last plane? Table, door, wheel. Uh, so the, 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 uh, if you hold... Um, it's the kind of the, the, the front to back, the, the, the plane that separates you into equal halves side to side. Uh, and there the, the pelvis can uh, swing uh, forward and back uh, in that plane. Uh, and so that forward and back swinging is really important uh, to help um, swing uh, the, the, the leg in uh, walking. And the opening up uh, is a really important part of um, um, force absorption. Oh yeah, before I get into force absorption, um, the, uh, between the sit bones and the pubic symphysis, as you travel up that bit, uh, you meet the bottom part of the acetabulum, uh, which is uh, the socket uh, for the hip uh, in which the femurs insert. And so that is kind of, your sit bones are fairly narrow together, 
Um, like, they'll probably be about, eh, um, a, a palm width apart, maybe a little bit more, yeah, fist width. Um, and so the, the, uh, the acetabulum, acetabula, not sure what the plural is, uh, are also um, about that width apart. And so the, the, the places where your femurs insert into your pelvis um, uh, are quite uh, relatively narrow. Um, and so that's important for thinking of when I'm balancing on one leg or two leg, where is the balance point uh, on my pelvis? It's quite uh, towards the inside um, of, of the pelvis. So in force transfer, uh, you kind of want your pelvis to be uh, balanced on top, um, or the acetabulum to be balanced on top of the femur head. Um, and then that force goes through uh, the, the pelvic halves um, and into uh, the sacrum and up through the spine. Uh, and so if you're kind of off from that in any way, uh, like often people, if they're waiting for the bus, they kind of stick their butt out to the side. And you can feel kind of you're not on top of the femur head. You're pulling on the ligaments uh, and muscles uh, and tendons that are on uh, the side of your hip. Um, and so uh, that's kind of the, the, the trade-off of stability versus uh, balance. You can be quite stable in there, but you're pulling tight on uh, some kind of bungee cords. Uh, and they're the ones that you have to move if you have to move and so you're not in a moving point whereas if you're unbalanced on top of the femur head uh, you're not pulling tight on anything uh, and you're free to move in, in in any direction and so then the, the force absorption if you imagine a basketball uh, the uh, slow motion video of a basketball bouncing in the ground as it hits the ground it's going to widen to absorb some energy and then it's going to narrow as it restitutes energy um, and the pelvis is the same. Uh, the pelvis uh, is going to have a kind of butterfly out uh, from uh, the, the pubic symphysis. It's going to widen to absorb energy. That energy is going to go into the pelvic floor. And so the pelvic floor is uh, at least three layers of uh, muscles uh, that kind of connect the sit bones together connect uh, the whole triangle in front of the pubic symphysis uh, together um, and also uh, stretch back towards uh, the sacrum and coccyx um, and that forms quite a, a, a complex of um, muscles that can expand in all of those directions so it can lengthen front to back and it can lengthen side to side um, and that means that as you squat down or bend down or land and absorb force, your pelvis can widen, your sit bones come apart, uh, your tailbone swings back, and so the whole bottom part uh, of your pelvis is opening. And then as uh, you come back up again, or if you jump, your sit bones come together and your tailbone swings in. Uh, and that, uh, that narrowing um, allows you to, to give that force back. Uh, as that's, that's the really important part uh, for um, dancing for two reasons. Uh, one is that you want that force absorption to be in effect. Uh, you, want, uh, you want to save your knees, you want to save your lower back, and you do that by having your pelvis participate uh, in force absorption. Um, 
Another way that, that force absorption happens also is in the wheel plane, uh, the um, sit bones and the tail bones swing away from each other. Uh, so it means that the, if you take uh, your hands by your side as if they were little uh, wheels, uh, your pelvis, uh, your iliac calves are relatively going to roll backwards. And then uh, if you take um, your hand as your sacrum uh, and you place it uh, so that the kind of uh, top of your palm, uh, the, the wrist side of your palm is at the top of your sacrum, uh, the, uh, the middle finger is at the bottom of your sacrum, uh, your middle finger is going to reach back like a kangaroo tail um, relatively to uh, your wrist. Uh, and the sacroiliac joint uh, kind of allows that to happen in a sort of sliding, nodding uh, way that's called nutation. Uh, and that sliding, nodding uh, basically has uh, your... The nutation is kind of your uh, sacrum rolling forward uh, in that plane. And so your pelvic halves and your sacrum uh, are moving relatively to each other. Uh, that allows the tailbone to swing back without uh, the pelvis from tilting uh, or the pelvis even like tilts the other, the other way uh, and that also uh, like it feels a little bit like a certain kind of car jack um, you know that kind that's kind of made of um, uh, a crossed uh, element and so when or a zigzag element and it zigzags kind of comes together as it goes up and the zigzag kind of zigzags apart as it goes down and it's that kind of shape uh, which I'm making movements with my hands right now and so that makes no sense for you guys listening but uh, that's kind of how it works uh, and so the other part in dancing is um, movement uh, transfer so if you're doing things with your legs if you're doing walking uh, your pelvis is super three-dimensionally involved. Uh, and if you get a bit stressed out, or if you're a dude in Western society, uh, your pelvis is not supposed to move. And you kind of tighten it up and keep it nice and uh, stable, would be one word for it. Um, stuck, I guess, is the other word for it. Um, and you make sure your pelvis doesn't move. Uh, and that makes sure that you... Uh, don't feel uh, too self-conscious about it and you feel quite uh, rigid uh, but also uh, self-assured I guess uh, and then whatever is happening below your pelvis uh, is invisible to what's happening above your pelvis because you're not letting the pelvis be alive in that movement uh, and that doesn't work too well if uh, the kind of dancing you're doing is intended to share uh, weight changes because it means that your weight changes just aren't very perceptible uh, they're kind of macro-perceptible in that if you're on the right foot or you're on the left foot, uh, well, your body is going to move from side to side when you do it. Uh, but the, the micro-ness of it uh, is not so perceptible. Uh, and then last, uh, of course, when you are moving your pelvis uh, in space, like doing some kind of circle or doing uh, a roll, a hip roll, a mess around, that kind of thing, uh, it really helps do it if... Uh, your pelvis is able to move internally at the same time as it's moving uh, in space. Uh, and so uh, that's, I guess, where uh, at the beginning when I was saying, oh yeah, I'm kind of secretly suspecting that my pelvis isn't made for moving. Uh, if I don't let it move, it will find it quite challenging to move. Uh, so yeah, that's the last part is in dances like blues, 
uh, or even Lindy Hop, where uh, you would expect quite a bit of pelvic mobility, um, having that pelvic mobility available uh, internally will really help uh, the, uh, the external movement in space of your pelvis. I'm not sure I can get much further into this kind of thing in a podcast. Um, if you want to talk about your pelvis, uh, come find me anytime uh, and I will uh, be super excited uh, to, to, to yes, talk to you about your pelvis. Let's talk pelvises. Uh, until next time, take great care, especially of your pelvis, uh, and I'll see you then.